Thanks for tuning in to the Diabetes Dish Podcast, brought to you by OnTrackDiabetes.com and the OnTrack Diabetes app, available for the iPhone and Android. Here's your host, Ann Galt. This is the Diabetes Dish. I'm Ann Galt, editor of OnTrack Diabetes, your go-to resource for expert advice, blood sugar-friendly recipes, and all the inspiration you need to live your best life with diabetes. Here with me today is Hope Warshaw. Hope is a nationally recognized dietitian nutritionist and diabetes educator. She's been specializing in diabetes management for over four decades and is known for her expertise in diabetes nutrition and weight management, as well as healthy restaurant eating. Hope is also the author of several award-winning, best-selling books and resources published by the American Diabetes Association. Her titles include Diabetes Meal Planning Made Easy, now available in the fifth edition, and Eat Out, Eat Well, The Guide to Healthy Eating in Any Restaurant. Hope also wrote a nutrition Q&A column in the Washington Post for several years and was president of the American Association of Diabetes Educators in 2016. She's here today to discuss how to go about making permanent changes to your eating behaviors. Her practical tips and solutions can be used by anyone interested in healthier eating and better weight management. So welcome, Hope. Happy to be here, Anne. Thanks for making time to discuss a topic that a lot of people struggle with, um, and that is what you have to do to be able to see some results on the scale. And I'm wondering if you could talk us through a little bit about why it's so difficult to lose weight. Sure. So, I mean, I feel like this is really an age-old question. And unfortunately, I think we spend too much time on the lose weight piece of this and not enough time on the how do I keep those lost pounds off. So I hope that we get some time to, to get to that. Um, I think one of my bottom line messages for people is really to stop looking for quick fixes. And, you know, I'm here to say there are none. (laughs) So I think the sooner that people stop looking and the sooner that they realize that what we know through research and experience is successful for both weight loss and keeping pounds off is a slow and steady and long-term proposition to accomplish this goal. So you really have to get your head almost in a different space in a way. Oh my gosh, Anne. I mean, when I think about this topic, um, that psychology and the the mental attitude is i think 90% of it really um, and i really? love talking to people who have been successful <clears throat> 
at attempting to lose weight and keeping it off. And what, what they get, like the, the central factor for success is that they've, they've finally have gotten that this is so much mental and it also has to be really important to you. You know, you can't be doing this for your spouse. You can't be doing it for your healthcare provider, your mother-in-law, your kids, whatever. And you have to be doing this for you. Now, how, how come that is so important? It's just what we know about the science of behavior change. I mean, there's really, there's two factors that are talked about a lot in the field of behavior change. One is importance. So losing weight, keeping those pounds off becomes more important to you than the next sumptuous meal or decadent dessert. Oh, I see. And that's how you're able to sort of combat the lack of willpower, maybe? It's very much, an, uh, it has to come from internal. It has to be that it is important to you. The, and you now, you see all the sort of life and health benefits that a healthier weight can bring. And then the other piece of this, of behavior change and successful behavior change, is that, that you develop the confidence to successfully execute this. So does that mean, I don't know, could it be as simple as a few times you successfully skip dessert? Or Yes, is that you, I mean, I want people to think of this as, as small little bricks of a brick building. And that brick by brick is one behavior change and the next behavior change and the next behavior change that you successfully make is what slowly over time sort of builds your wall or builds your house of, of sense of confidence that, oh yeah, I can do this. And as we know, for people who face weight issues or, or attempts at weight loss, more than likely, they have been unsuccessful many times. Hmm. So they really have this history of failure, if you will, or lack of success. And so it becomes even more challenging to transition from this sense of failure, I'm only going to fail again, to this sense of, I can succeed at this. Okay, so that, I'm sure when you point that out to people, that must be for some sort of an aha moment in a way. It is, I mean, people need to be ready to hear this. 
mean, mm. I think our society sets people up for thinking, oh, you know, if I just find the next pill or potion or, you know, celebrity diet, that that will be the one. You know, right now we're in sort of this phase of the keto diet. Right, and um, carbs, all carbs are bad. Right, but, um, you know, I know this is a hard pill to swallow, but I'm convinced with research and, and watching people succeed or not succeed that, that this really is the pill that one needs to swallow is that this is the you know the the long path to successful to successfully losing weight and keeping pounds off i mean so you know you said why is it so difficult to lose weight so we talked a bunch about psychology yes i think that's a huge big piece of why i talked about it first uh, but there's also physiologic reasons and then there's also environmental reasons. So physiologically, you know, our body likes to hold on to the weight we have. And it doesn't like to let it go easily. Um, so losing weight is difficult. Plus, there is some reasonably good evidence today that once a person loses weight, which really is often the easier part, um, their body requires fewer calories at this new weight than they did to maintain that weight previously. So, you know, one needs to account for that if you're going to maintain that lower weight. And then the environmental piece of this, I think, is very significant because we live in a tremendously challenging environment to practice healthy eating. I mean, we, there, it's hard to make healthy food choices. It's um, difficult to have healthy eating habits and get sufficient exercise. And I mean, I think more than ever, food is just social. Um, yeah, that's true. But why is it that it's hard to make healthy food choices? Where do you find healthy food choices? I mean, it's so easy. I mean, people are eating roughly a third of their calories away from home. Uh, that may be in takeout restaurant meals. It may be in restaurants. Um, it may be picking up meals in the supermarket. It, it's not easy to put together healthy food choices, and it's particularly not easy to limit food portions. So, you know, you think of being at a buffet, you think of going to someone's house for a meal, you think of religious celebrations. Yeah, they um, all involve food. It all involves food. Um, and also food is everywhere 24 seven. So as you are a person who's trying to practice healthy eating, and food choices, as I am constantly, um, you feel like you're a fish swimming upstream sometimes. Oh, that's but a good metaphor. Yeah. The point is that, back to my earlier point with psychology and behavior change, 
the more that you do this, the more that you practice it, the more that you gain confidence that you can do this. And it also is important to you to succeed, the more likely you are going to be successful. Okay, so you're intentionally being aware maybe of your behaviors and telling yourself that you've had some success uh, with making these small changes, uh, maybe delaying some gratification or um, skipping a dessert. And that's going to be a motivator for more success. Right. Success breeds success. So think of little successes, experiencing little successes. So, you know, maybe it's just I split that dessert because sometimes, um, or you set up a goal for yourself to say, to not say, ooh, I'm on a diet, so therefore I can't have dessert, which feels very deprivational. And the words on a diet are something that I think people should erase from our vocabulary altogether. Mm. Um, but you sort of set up some parameters for yourself around dessert. And you say, you know, I just really, like I'll ask clients, how often do you feel like you really need to have something sweet? And okay, so someone says to me twice a week, and I say, okay, and what do you want that dessert to be? Like what's, I want every morsel of that to have wonderful taste to you, to be really satisfying. So you sort of zero in on what really becomes doable for you. Okay. I mean, twice a week, that doesn't sound like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to me. It depends. Okay. Because, you know, in my own experience, um, you know, because I'm getting to that uh, middle age issue that many women have, which is your metabolism's changing because, you know, you're approaching menopause or whatever. Um, I don't allow myself really to have what I consider dessert except on the weekends. Um, and so that, that's a parameter that you, you've set up for yourself and right. And I that's, mean, that's an example of what you're talking about, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. It's a small change. And I mean, it's hard, um, especially if you get into a habit, I'm thinking about people that work in an office and boy, I mean, we're coming up on a, the holiday season here, um, which some people say gets kicked off with Halloween. Um, that's debatable to me. But, you know, it always seems that certain office cultures, you know, they're celebrating birthdays or the holidays or somebody's just being nice and bringing right. donuts, so, that kind of right. thing. So those are, those are the realities of life. Okay. And that comes down to this food is social. So... Uh -huh. You need to work with your own reality. I mean, how do you do that? We're not going to change society, I don't think, right? I mean, you just have to acknowledge that, you know, there's going to be tempting food that maybe isn't the healthiest for me. What do I do? How do I explain that? Is it awkward for people, do you find? 
it's, you know, I think it's as awkward as you choose to make it. Um, I think if you handle situations in a confident, consistent manner, no, it isn't. And I think in some situations, there are opportunities to change an office culture. Hmm. So instead of bringing in cookies, maybe when it's your turn, you bring in fruit or something. Right. Exactly. You know, or, you know, hey, rather than focusing on food, how about a few of us, you know, go out for a nice walk? Um, Uh So it becomes something that is a way to be together, but it isn't food focused. Okay. So in your experience with your clients, how do you talk about you know, moving more with them and, and say it's a person who's been very sedentary. I mean, what, what is the best way to get Again, started? It's, it's very much of a small steps approach. It's what are you willing to do? We know that being physically active is an important aspect of diabetes management. We know it's an important aspect of weight management. What have you enjoyed doing? What are you willing to do? What can you work into your lifestyle right now? I mean, it's worthless to, to really sit here and give people advice that's not going to be something that they can work into their lifestyle. And so little what, things like taking the stairs? I mean... Well, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the old basic advice. Um, okay. You know, any, anything is positive. Any moving. Right. Any moving is positive. Um, and what about, you know, rewards? So say you were somebody who's sedentary and you're going to start getting waking up 15 minutes earlier than you would normally do and take a 15-minute walk. Um, do you believe in rewards of some kind to keep the motivation? So what do you mean by reward? Um, Well, I guess I'm thinking of, you know, someone who's really struggling with food and making healthier choices. And maybe they're going to try by adding exercise and maybe the food piece comes later, if that makes sense. Um, That's certainly possible. I mean, it, it really depends I don't think of that as reward, um, but so, so. But um, like a justification of a chocolate chip cookie if you've had a fifteen-minute walk. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay. But that's not. That's not a successful long-term pattern. Um, what I thought you meant was people should choose the actions that they feel or the goals that they feel they're going to be most successful with. Like, do you have an anecdote of someone maybe that you've helped recently um, that started exercising 
maybe a person that had never been able to do it before. I mean, do you advocate uh, in, uh, encouraging people to take classes or whatever they're interested in? It really doesn't matter. Right. Again, it, all of this, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, it needs to fit, needs to be realistic. People need to, on their own with their counselor or on their own, they need to find their way to a goal that, that they can state, that they can own, and that they feel is important to them and they have some confidence around achieving it. Okay, so don't put yourself in a position <laughs> where that might not be possible. So if you right. are, right. yeah, don't like- say you're gonna do, I mean, and you know, that that's a big problem with, um, you know, with trying to lose weight, is that, you know, so often people say, oh, I'm going to follow this diet or I'm going to follow this, the other diet. And it's, it's a way of eating that is really not familiar to them. It's not, um, you know, the kind of um, food choices or eating pattern that they typically eat. And what research shows us is that people gravitate back to the kind of food choices and the eating habits that are sort of near and dear to their heart. So making a drastic change, like suddenly cutting meat out of your diet? If that's something that you don't think is something that you can or want to maintain long-term. Too difficult setting yourself up for failure possibly right why not work on hey i don't even eat any fruit each day how about i try to eat one piece of fruit a day okay i and know my, my portions are a problem i'm gonna get my measuring cups out and measure out some portions I mean, how does that go in your experience with the portion control side of things? I mean, are people really surprised um, at maybe how much they eat in reality compared to possibly yes. what is a healthy serving size or a, you know, I don't know. Health yes, people, people are very surprised. Because, I mean, our whole concept of portions are, have gotten so skewed and people are eating mammoth amounts of food. So really, I think the, the place that people need to start is to do an honest assessment of your current eating habits. Really honest assessment. You know, you can use some of the online tools like MyFitnessPal or, um, you know, you can do pen and paper. Um, but, you know, really get a good sense of, you know, what is an average day of food intake 
look for me. And you're, and you're advocating writing everything down. Well, using an app or writing down. I mean, there's some very good research around the importance of accountability. I mean, I guess I worry that if I'm having to do this exercise, you know, that it's not going to be a realistic day <laughs> because I'm going well, to be that's aware. why I said what I said is to thine own self be true. Mm. If you're not going to be honest, then it's really not going to allow you to engage and move on. Yeah, and nobody has to see this anyway. Right, <laughs> Just exactly. be between you and yourself, you know. Right, exactly. I mean, that's why to thine own self be true. I mean, okay. you've really got, that's a starting point. And then look for what I call low-hanging fruit, literally and figuratively. Um, I mean, for, for many people, it can be as simple as looking at your beverage consumption oh. from what you're putting in beverages to what you're drinking is are you drinking regular soda are you drinking fruit drinks are you drinking sport drinks are you putting three teaspoons of sugar and a cup of coffee or tea um you know that's a that's a relatively easy place to make some changes and do you find people have success doing that? Like making a yes. beverage shift? Yes. Huh. Yeah. I didn't even think about the beverage category. I mean, oh, that's, it's, that's... it's huge. I mean, you think about even someone consuming a 20 ounce regular soda, which is about 250 calories and a three, 400 calorie afternoon pick me up caramel macchiato i mean you're at six seven hundred calories yeah but what do you say to people i mean that don't like water you know i i definitely have to struggle to get water so it doesn't, you don't have to drink water um you can drink Sparkling water, you can put some orange, lemon, lime in sparkling water. You can throw some raspberries in water in either sparkling water or water. Mm. Um, you can do iced tea or hot tea. So, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, well, it's what I like to drink or it's water. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying, ooh, don't drink coffee. I'm saying you know, a whipped up caramel macchiato, which is more sugar and uh, milk or other white stuff, um, you know, go ahead and, you know, have a cup of coffee, but try to go with 2% milk and, um, you know, and don't put loads of sugar in it. And if that really tastes offensive to you initially, do you sort of encourage people to try it a few times because maybe they'll get used to it? I think, I think you have to try it a few times, right? Because you could be moving from a very, very sweet beverage to, to less so. 
And that, is it fair to say that takes a period of adjustment? Yes, but, you know, I don't like to, people are very different. So it's important that we don't categorize everyone as one response. Okay, that's fair. Uh, thank you. I, I really think that you've given us a lot to think about here. I'm excited to tell the listeners that you're going to be on again in the near future talking about a different topic that I think will be very, a lot of people will be interested in tuning in for, um, and you're definitely a pro at the topic of healthy eating in restaurants. <laughs> so we'll look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, was there anything else you want the listeners to know who are, you know, now maybe sufficiently motivated or motivated in a different way after hearing um, a few of your strategies that maybe I did, neglected to ask you? Um, well, there's certainly lots of strategies, but I think it, I, you know, it's, I don't know what is going to be a beneficial thought or tip to whom, but some people might find it beneficial to talk to someone who has successfully lost weight and is keeping those pounds off. Right. Um, like through an online sort of forum or does it matter? It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it could be your neighbor, it could be a relative. You know, take, take advantage of knowing someone and talking to, talk to them in depth about how they have figured out how to be successful. And I, I think it's critically important that people more and more, and I think this is happening a little bit, but more and more move away from this notion that there's this quick fix out there. Yeah. Because uh, there really isn't. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> there isn't and there isn't going to be. And really the, you know, I mean, the reality is the, the majority of people that people see who are maintaining their weight. It's generally because they're working at it. Mm. I mean, there are sort of what I call some natural string beans, um, but not many. And so, I, mean, I, I can speak for myself, you know, um, for me, keeping my weight where I want it to be is very important to me. And so that importance really helps me say no to this, have less of that, um, and do the food shopping and the cooking, et cetera, that I need to do to achieve that goal. So the idea that you maybe achieve your weight loss goal, whether it's 10 pounds or 20 or a lot more than that, and then it's over that that 
that hard work has to kind of uh, that's yeah that is really detrimental <laughs> really detrimental and that's why i mean i don't ever in the writing that i do speaking that i do i don't ever talk about lose weight and end the sentence there i talk about losing weight and keeping as many of those lost pounds off as possible. And it takes work and vigilance right. and attention. Right, right. And we know from the research that losing that five to seven percent of your body weight is what is medically valuable. So there, there's a lot of, I think the note to end on is that there's a lot of notions out there that we really do need to change people's thinking about being successful with weight loss and and maintaining those lost pounds and it it is not easy it is not easy but that's the reality of the matter thank you very much hope for your time and your wise suggestions um and I'm going to look forward to having you on the show very soon. Good. Look forward to being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in today. And don't forget to check out all our healthy recipes on OnTrackDiabetes.com. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.